You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Your Wednesday edition. Uh, we'll get in you know, some thoughts here, you know, practice. Um, we're going to get some general camp thoughts. Uh, Pete Smith and the Streetsboro folks are getting ready for their Friday night kickoff. So we're going to sneak in Stephen Thomas today. Always a pleasure. And I know you guys always love when we get Stephen on the show here. So your host, Jeff Lloyd, at underscore, I'm sorry, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. At Browns Mock Draft, the show itself, at Locked on Browns, as you guys know. Follow back account. DMs are open for your Wednesday episode of Locked on Brown. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked on all caps, no space, and get $10 off your first order. Just a hint, hint, they've added six new flavors over at Built Bar, guys. Steve, um, where do we get to? Obviously, you know, we got the confirmation and it, it seemed, you know, like they were trying to play the drama up. I mean, Achilles is – it's a simple injury to diagnose, but, you know, the way it works. And it's sad because I know some of the local reporters, you know, knew the news. They were asked to not give it because the Browns wanted to give the statement. But the way it always works, you know, national media <clears throat> is always the one to come in and blow things up for, you know, guys, you know, like Jake Trotter and even Mary Kay Cabot, folks that were asked to sit on information and then, of course, not get the opportunity to deliver what they knew. Eh, it is what it is. Um, I guess we'll start on the offensive side of the ball here. One good play today, Steve, Rashard Higgins. Um, Jarvis Landry, for those who are wondering, it's it's nothing, guys. And look, for Jarvis Landry, basically what it sounds like is Coach Stefanski has spoke with Jarvis and said, do whatever you need to do. I don't care about anything else. But you just be ready. And I need like 85% of you week one versus Baltimore. Um, Odell, it's kind of a similar thing. And, you know, for Odell, Odell's probably doing more in this camp than he's ever done in any other training camp in his career. They know where the bread and butter is on the offense along with the running backs. Um, but Steve, this offense, it, it, it's it, to, maybe to say it's getting a little late early as far as the way they're looking, um, you know, granted, and I talked about it today in the coverage, the defense is, you know, seeing almost this every day. And you normally break this up a little bit because you have a, you know, a Friday pregame. You go into a preseason game. There's a lot of team coming at it here. But, you know, the offense itself right now, it's there's there's questions. And, man, would you really like to see it be a little bit more crisp? Yeah, uh, the, the silver lining – well, one of the silver linings is that today is actually the first day that the coaches have seemed unhappy. <coughs> Excuse me. It's um, – I mean, you know, there's the old – cliches that you know become cliches because they're true the defense is always ahead of the offense at the outset plus then you throw in uh you know a new system that they're trying to install and it's not an an easy system uh it's something that they told us ahead of time it's going to take time to really you know master the nuances of this offense and then you throw on top of it of course you know the whole covid situation so there was no off season really and then J.C. Treader's down. You've got um, uh, Jedrick Wills not only being a rookie, but switching sides. So he's got that to overcome. And then, you know, the last couple of days, you throw you throw Miles Garrett in his face. It's even more to ask from a rookie. Um, <laughs> and, and then you got Nick Harris in there. And so there's just – it's not a normal start to camp. It, it's um, – you, you would love to be more crisp, obviously. You would love for them to be further along than they are right now. But when you step back and look at the – the wide view of everything that's stacked against this particular offense in this particular situation of this year. And, and you, you want to give them a little, not a pass, but you want to wait a little longer. It's not, 
it, it, it's not time to panic just yet. And again, I go back to the fact that today was the first time, at least that I have heard of Alex Van Pelder or Stefanski or anybody saying, yeah, today wasn't a good day. In all the other practices leading up to this, they're, they're far more pleased and far more hopeful uh, than a lot of the fans and a lot of the media. And even today you saw, uh, maybe not in the team drills, but in certain things, you saw fl- you see uh, Harrison Bryant continuing to make play after play after play. Austin Hooper looks like a tremendous pickup. He had that one really bad drop today, but that's the first one I've seen him put on the ground the entire camp. Uh, DPJ has looked really good for a rookie. Looks like he's going to outplay his draft spot. Like you said, uh, Odell is Odell again. He's out there doing Odell things on a regular basis that you just become numb to it. You just expect him to make those highlight real plays every single time. And it's, that's a great thing to have. Um, so I, I, yeah, today was bad. And yes, you would like them to be further along, but I really, really, really don't think it's time to panic just yet uh, on the offense because there's just so many things. There's an inconsistency of cohesion on the, on the offensive line and, that translates to, uh, you know, inconsistency with the reads from uh, from Baker because he's got to drop his eyes. But they continue to say that the running game looks great. The wide zone game looks great. So we may need to prepare ourselves at least for the first quarter of the season to them for them to lean on Nick Chubb even more than we thought they were going to. You know, or Kareem Hunt. And part of it also, and this right, was happening, sure. yes, before Miles came to practices Sheldon Richardson was kind of blowing up everything in the middle. So, I mean, you almost say, well, maybe this is a good sign, obviously, for the defense. Um, I do think one thing, and there's X's and O's, and, you know, we had talked about this, and we said a million times that any team was going into this with a new regime, a new coaching staff, there were going to be disadvantages in front of them. Obviously, these Zoom classes are fantastic, um, but, you know, a lot of athletes aren't really too keen on learning. But then there's taking what you've learned on the Zoom classes, and yes, it may be you're going to run this route 10 to 12 yards. Um, but then there's actually taking it on the field and saying, okay, well, this when the coverage is this, or you, know, you have to you know, make up the discrepancy because there's a guy you know, five yards in front of you. The other guy is you know, seven yards behind you. So maybe the route at 12 yards maybe needs to be 10. And I think you see a lot of that with Baker Mayfield, who seems to be communicating anytime something doesn't seem to go right as far as a throw or a pattern, it seems like Baker's taking it from the, yes, this is the X and O of it. But, you know, here is the subset A, subset B, which we've, you know, which you're only going to learn when you're actually putting it into phase. Yeah, a lot of thinking uh, instead of anticipating and reacting still uh, is what I would take out of uh, everything you just said. And I'd agree with everything you say. You can see them. And, you know, the thinking, I'm I'm far from the first person to say this, and every NFL analyst in the world has said it forever, even if it's only a, a, you know, two-tenths of a second, a split-second hesitation, that's all it takes in the NFL for a play to go wrong, you know, on both sides of the ball. So until they, like we said earlier, until they master the nuances, it's there's going to be, you know, chunks like this. It's going to be a stop and start and, 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 and sort of a chunky uh, uh, moving forward. It's, there's an old saying, I know you and I are both poker players. It takes, you know, Texas Hold'em, it takes 10 minutes to learn it and a lifetime to master it. And, And maybe not a lifetime, but that's sort of a similar concept to an offense like what we're seeing Stefanski bring is that, yeah, you can learn it. Uh, yeah. Okay. I know what I'm supposed to do, but like you said, the nuances, what changes play to play, 
And even if it's just a yard in the NFL, one yard different depth on a route, uh, one yard uh, further towards the sideline on the throw to Baker, and it's the difference between a touchdown and a pick six. And uh, that that's how tiny the windows are in the NFL. And to your point that any team with cohesion from last year as far as coaching staff and scheme has a leg up, I think we're seeing – we feared that all offseason because uh, of COVID, and I think we're seeing it play out uh, not, not just in the Browns camp but around the league as well. The teams that know what they're doing ahead of time and are just sort of, you know – running sprints and getting back into shape there. They, they look anyway in, in the practice situation that we have, like they're ahead of the teams uh, significantly ahead of the teams, like the Browns who are trying to put in a million new things. Um, it's, it's certainly part of that. And, and, and I think part of it also is, is, you know, they're, you know, resting there, you know, obviously, you know, taking it easy with Odell, taking it easy with Jarvis. Um, but you go back to Minnesota last year, and it was, I mean, it was almost a month process. Kirk Cousins had a fantastic year last year. His September was not that great. So it's going to take a right. while. And obviously, they had the entire offseason, had the entire summer, had the entire preseason to get acclimated to it all. So, I mean, you know, it, cooking this one slow and low. Well, so yeah, and, I, and, and, and I, if I could just that, jump in real quick and say it's not like because I know there are people that are going to hear this and think we're making excuses. And that's not what I'm saying. At some point, you know, when the lights go on on September 13th at M&T Bank Stadium, you got to step up and play. All the excuses are gone. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not making excuse. I'm just explaining. We are just sort of looking for reasons why it's not yet time to panic. Give them some time. It's going to maybe even through the, like you said, the first month of the regular season, it's not going to look the way it should come December. So it's not excuses. It's just sort of looking for reasons to why things look the way they do in this early going. They've only had what five padded practices. And I think one with full tackling. So let, let's not push the panic button just yet with this team. I mean, and we still, you know, we'll have until, you know, the end of next week before they start shifting the game week. So, you know, but it's, you know, for what we've seen, sure. I think we were expecting more, but, you know, maybe it was a little premeditated and we did try to tell folks that maybe, you know, be kind of be, be ready for this. Um, we'll flip it up to the defensive side of the ball here in a second with Mr. Stephen Thomas as we roll through your Wednesday edition of Locked on Browns. The improved built bar is even deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six brand new flavors. Caramel cookie, cookie and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Mix that with some of the 12 original flavors. Some of your favorites, peanut butter, mint brownie, salted caramel. Absolutely fantastic, guys. I don't work out. They just taste good. That's why I eat them. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Uh, Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great as well for the keto diet. The flavor profile on the Cherry Barcia, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs. Outstanding. Offer. Check it out, if Built Bar. If you go to BuiltBar.com, if you use the promo code, all caps, locked on, no space, you will get $10 off your next order. Your next order Again, promo code, locked on, for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Folks, again, check them out at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code, locked on, for $10 off your next purchase. 
Now the defensive side of the ball. Um, and now this is where it was interesting because we talked about the success of the defense, you know, when these, you know, these, when Brown's live first started airing, um, you know, for most of it, you didn't have Larry Ogunjobi, you didn't have Miles Garrett, and you were still seeing some success. Um, you take it through here, you know, I, I think the linebackers and, you know, obviously Mac Wilson and whatever's going to, you know, end up, whether we do get Mac back this year for right now, it does look like there's going to be that possibility. We'll see, you know, how long it takes for him to get stable on the knee for him to come back. The secondary, uh, even, you know, with the injuries at the cornerback position, thankfully it looks like you're going to get everybody returned at some point. The blow with Delpit, I mean, it's just, you know, it's one I just described. It's big. It sucks. Uh, you know, we all have that. It's big. It sucks. Um, and the thing is, is there was a lot put on his plate in this franchise's front office was extremely excited. They, that with that acquisition on round two on that night, they, they felt they had a player that they had ranked in the top 32 got him at 44, even with a trade down. But for the most part, still, they go in, Steve, day in, day out. They string together good days. And even today, you know, where we finally had the coaches speak on the offensive side of the ball and say, you know, this ain't working. And, you know, today wasn't a good day. And you were talking about the fact that, you know, you were missing, you know, I mean, and I don't want to rank them, but you were missing four cornerbacks who were going to be on this opening day roster. Yeah, I mean, obviously part of it goes back to what we were just talking about. The defense is, you know, just always naturally ahead of the offense. But then you look at um, – I'm trying to make a, a silver lining out of this, trying to look at it in a positive way. We have had, you know, uh, to be fair, a buttload of injuries here in the defensive backfield. I mean, you know, Zagura went on and said five of the top six DBs, you know, as he sees the depth chart, didn't practice today uh, and were injured. Here, here's why I think we can, while that sucks, we should take some solace in the fact that this year you you have five DBs down and you still have guys in there making plays. Like you said, in years past, think about where we've been. I mean, you know, um, how many times have we joked about scouring the final cutdowns on the last week of the preseason <laughs> to find starters? I mean, if the, think last year, two years ago, if five of your top six DBs had gone down, you and I would have been in Berea for tryouts. I mean, that's the stark difference with what this front office did in the offseason. Our depth guys are being tested right now. And yes, it's not something you want. You don't want to thrust, you know, guys like, uh, uh, you know, Donnie Lewis and Alumba and those guys into starting roles. At least you don't think you do. We'll see what happens. Um, but at least you have them there. You're throwing in guys that, our NFL talents, you know, that can go in and play. This is why you set up all of that depth in, in April and in May and, and in the offseason. This is what we said that Andrew Barry had a good offseason. This is the fruition of it because you're seeing them step in and not not miss a beat. And then this is against, like we said before, uh, Odell. And, and Harrison Bryant and Austin Hooper, and they're making play after play after play. And also, uh, your guy B.J. Goodson has come in and played uh, – I, I mean, I think he's outplayed any expectation. I mean, I'm not going to stand here and say he's Luke Keekley, but, I mean, he, you hear his name over and over and over and over, and that's in run fills and in uh, in coverage games. You know, it hasn't, it hasn't been perfect, but – I think he is going if, – if, like you said, Mac is a long-term thing and we're waiting to see, 
I think B.J. Goodson is going to be more than adequate to step in and uh, handle that role that they brought him in for. So as tough as it has been on the injury front, the depth is already showing itself in the fact that you're not looking at castoffs starting at this point. So I actually feel kind of good about it, and I and I, I hope that a lot of these injuries are, you know, overabundance of caution type things like, you know, where the coaches will sometimes say, oh, if it was a game week, he'd be out there and he'd be playing, you know, that kind of thing with with uh, uh, Terrence Mitchell and, and these kind of guys. I don't know, uh, but I'm hoping for that. So if they all come back, now we're looking at some serious depth with some guys who got some meaningful reps in the backup roles, and uh, we're looking pretty good when we head into Baltimore week one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, first, and with Goodson, and everybody knows, I love a guy that won't shut the hell up. It's the jersey in me, and that's what B.J. Goodson <laughs> has been to this point. But the guys rally around that, and there can be a guy who's just, you know, maybe not feeling it that day, and, you know, something like that, and boom. I mean, the, the light and the lamp goes on. Um, guys, you know, tend to, you know, gravitate towards people like that. The Malcolm Smith edition, you know, we'll see, I think for the role they're you know, planning on him using, um, you know, we'll get him in, you know, more acclimated and you, you should be able to get some help there. And obviously it's going to be, you know, an extension of probably what you're losing in Mac Wilson. Um, but you look at rookies and, and Jacob Phillips and Jordan Elliott, obviously the two third round picks not drafted very far apart. Uh, Jordan Elliott and Jacob Phillips, they both went from, you know, you guys can come in and maybe you can be a part, you know, of, you know, your positional groups. It changed quickly with Billings opting out. Obviously, Jordan Elliott's name, you know, climbed in the pecking order. He's shown quickness. He's shown that he knows his assignment. You know, it seems to be around the ball a ton. Jacob Phillips, it's the same thing in the same situation. You know, it was, hey, maybe he can work himself into some good playing time. With Mac Wilson, that may not be the situation anymore. But these two guys, and when you talk about players that are drafted in the top 100, years ago for the Cleveland Browns, it was this guy needs to be a damn starter, and he needs to be a damn good starter by week one. Now it's can you be part of your room? And I think for both these guys so far, they're going to be able to be solid contributors to the positional groups. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, you know I was a huge uh, – Jordan Elliott fan through the whole process. I, I honestly couldn't believe he fell that far. Uh, I was tickled to get him. And like you said, you hear his name over and over and over. Um, and, you know, obviously having a guy like Miles Garrett to your right makes your job a little bit easier uh, since eight guys have to block Miles every game and you get a one on every play and you get a one on one matchup. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he is showing what we saw on tape quickness. He darts into the backfield. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, if he can, um, if he can uh, uh, keep that going against a guy like Lamar Jackson, but he's consistently in the limited camera angles that we have, he's making Baker un- uncomfortable back there. He's knocking him off his spot on a pretty consistent basis, and you love to see that. And your guy Jacob Phillips too. I mean, he is at least to this point exactly who we thought. He's not going to make Sports Center top ten every single night, but if you tell him this is your assignment, he's going to freaking do it, and that's. You need guys like that. Every guy can't be, you know, trying to make the highlight real play every game. You need some of those, God, I hate this term, but those lunch pail guys who just show up and do their damn job so that everybody else can take the glory. And I think he is going to thrive in that role. So while it has been a rocky, like we said, it has been a rocky start uh, uh, with all of the injuries and everything, I think the depth, uh, we should be looking at it it's, uh, as a silver lining, like, hey, you know, I think we could be okay. We could be okay until these guys come back. 
Yeah, uh, you know, you look at, you know, you know, and Phillips, it's, for me, it's kind of, you know, like steady Eddie. It's just, you know, you know what you're going to get and look, here's right. what you need to do and go out and do it. And, you know, whether it's, you know, Blitz and he certainly had his opportunities there where he's shown, you know, would be sacks. Um, you know, he's, you know, seems to be in the run phase, seems to be where he needs to be, his run fits. And this is the biggest difference. And I will say this, guys, this was the difference between he and Mac Wilson is he knows exactly where he's supposed to be in his run right. responsibility. And he's been there to this point. Granted, we did not get enough time to see whether or not Mac has improved in that aspect. So I will give you guys all that pass on that one. But to see these guys grow and and this is where the difference is. And I mentioned this last night with Pete is, you know, for years, you know, you were talking about, you know, trying to take a 90 man roster down to 53. This is always the taking it from 60, 62 players to 53. They're, you know, and granted it's only 80, but there's, you know, tw- there's 15 to 20 plus guys who don't have a shot in hell just due to the depth of this organization. Granted, I mean, there's going to be, you know, you're going to work out after, you know, the top seven. Um, but everywhere else, I mean, you kind of know the key players. And we would sit here and we've done these episodes before, Steve, where it's, all right, let's try and predict a 53-man roster. And it'd be like, oh, well, you know, we have 10 differences this year it's most likely where it's like, all right, well, I've got these 51 in and maybe you've got two different than me. It, you know, it's all, you know, a lot of it's obviously going to depend on injuries, but the, you know, what is there as far as the core 53, you know, looks pretty good. But even beyond that, it, 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 guys who are legitimately making names for themselves, not really going to be here. Yeah. Depth, depth, depth. Uh, I mean, we, we've been talking about it since, you know what, since February when Barry started, you know, putting together all the off season acquisitions. And this is what we were talking about. Um, I mean, I, I keep feel like I keep saying the same thing over and over, but you know, years past, you have this many injuries. I mean, you're looking at street free agents and, and ginning up wild trade ideas. Uh, and this year, yeah, I mean, I know we're going to talk about some stuff because of the Delpit injury, but this year it's, well, let's see what we've got here. And, you know, Kevin Johnson's coming back way sooner than anybody thought uh, that he was going to. We're hoping for good news on Greedy. Um, you know, we don't know what's going on with Njoku, but even Farrell Brown is stepping up in that room. I mean, we've got guys this year. We, we've got a team. We have a football team for the, you know, a complete 57, you know, because I like that's something I wanted to touch on. There's four, I believe, spots on the practice squad that are whatever they're called, protected or however they're phrasing it, where they can't be poached. So they're basically an extension of your roster. I don't even think those four are really – I mean, you can make a case maybe for a few guys, but, I mean, really there's maybe three guys total, you know, bar outside of injury that – are going to lose out in a numbers game. Everybody else is here showcasing for the other 31 teams. And that's a position we haven't been in in a long time. So like I keep saying, even with all the injuries, I think we got to kind of look at it as uh, find the silver lining. Um, There's still some uh, NFL talent out there at just about every spot. Absolutely. And enjoying every second of it. Uh, We're going to get to a couple of listener questions here with Steve, as we continue to roll on through the Wednesday edition of Locked on Browns. Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you are craving 
right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contact contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national chain restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 order or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On, no space, all caps. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and, again, enter the promo code Locked On. Don't forget, that's code Locked On for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. We'll get to the questions here, and I always appreciate you guys for this. And as we open it up here, look, this is one we're going to get to, and I'll go to you first, William Kaufman. Um, even if Cleveland would be better with Earl Thomas and Logan Ryan, the question becomes, Steve, does anybody believe Andrew Barry is inclined to spend what it would take to sign one of them with what Cleveland may have to spend in the 2021 offseason? Well, I think that's uh, among the questions, especially uh, uh, with uh, Earl Thomas. Um, we don't know the off-field stuff. There's only a, a select few guys inside that locker room that know the extent of what was going on there. But anyone who's watched the NFL for more than seven minutes knows you don't cut a guy who is still producing at the level that he is for one incident. So whatever was going on, it was it was a long time coming. Um, I think that would be more of the issue for me uh, from the Andrew Berry standpoint than the money, because you would think now Earl Thomas probably going to want still one another bag, especially with the Ravens coming after ten million dollars of his salary and in, in, uh, with the the morals clause or whatever it was in his contract. But in the current COVID situation, if you could get him, if they can get uh, past the off-field stuff if they're comfortable with that and you can get them to do a short-term deal you know come in for one year one year with a team option something like that I think there's there's myriad of ways to fit him under the cap and the same goes for Logan Ryan uh, without the off-field stuff uh, I have to imagine because uh, you know him and Clowney are the ones that for months now people are like why is this guy you know not signed at this point I, I have to imagine it's a money thing I don't know but you know, as it gets closer and closer to camp, you wonder if the leverage shifts um, to teams uh, that say, uh, you know, hey, you know, this is it. Take it or leave it. But from as far as from an on-field thing, I, I, mean, I think either of them. I know you're a big Logan Ryan fan. I think either of them would be great additions. Um, I don't know about the money part as far as next year. Um, we got to see what happens. Everybody keeps talking about, you know, the huge drop. Uh, in the salary cap and all the things that are all the contracts that are coming due. But as we've seen in New Orleans and Philadelphia and every, a lot of other places that Andrew Berry seems to uh, uh, model his uh, his process after, you can make those numbers work uh, if you really, really want to. So I think more than anything, it comes down to um, as far as Logan Ryan goes, it comes down to 
how much they like their young guys uh, and how much they want to count on Carl Joseph staying healthy because I think they know what they're going to get in Sendejo. Um, and after that, it's a bunch of guys that have a lot of promise but really haven't shown much. So I think we'll find out one way or the other here pretty soon. If I had, if you forced me to guess, I would say no to Earl Thomas. I don't think they will. And I think there's a decent, I think they're going to, we're going to start to hear Logan Ryan's name uh, connected with the Browns uh, here in the next couple of days, whether it comes to fruition or not is a different story, but I think there's going to be some movement. Um, for me, and William, this is a great question. Obviously, you know, it's something that's on everybody's mind. The thing here, and I'm not so sure if it's, you know, we'll, we'll get to the money aspect of it. This safety room was essentially four deep. And look, we have no idea, and we still don't know what they felt of Sheldrick Redwine. This team right. went out, signed two free agent safeties, and made it a pro- high draft priority to grant Delp- draft Grant Delpit where they did. But with that being said, Nobody here was making a dime of money. Red Wine is in his second year of, of being a fourth-round pick. Grant Delpit, obviously a second-round pick. Um, Joseph, Sendejo, none of these guys are making any money. So the question would be now, do you change that philosophy because you thought you, you know, what you had, which was looking like a golden goose in Grant Delpit, a great player who was never going to come off the field, and you weren't paying him top money. Do you change your philosophy there? Earl Thomas, is there maybe the revenge and pissed off factor where he wants to shove it up Baltimore's ass? It's certainly possible. But look, Earl Thomas, he's not the player he once was. And this isn't a disrespect to where his game is now because he's still a damn good one. He's not the player he once was. But if you were truly looking to replicate what you were hoping Grant Elpid could be, you were talking about a player in Logan Ryan, 113 tackles last year, four and a half sacks, four interceptions, four forced fumbles. The question is, what is the price tag? Could you get him here on a one-year deal if you're concerned about money for 2021? And we don't know how this is going to work out. And again, with Steve and I agree, there are nerds in there that couldn't tell you that if you gave them a football, they would throw it without the laces. But you want to know what? They can do everything they can to get you to a correct salary cap number and take you through every contract to get you there. Plus, you've already taken back in $3.5 million with Andrew Billings opting out. So you can take that money, and if you wanted to bring somebody in, whatever you're paying them, you can take $3.5 off the top because you were already committing that money to your 20 and 20 salary cap that you no longer have to do because Andrew Billings obviously opted out. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, and we're getting short on time here. So most of the stuff we hit, but there is one that, um, you know, we'll throw, you know, for some shits and giggles, so to speak. From at Jace MCM, how many shots does it require to mentally prepare for recording an episode with Brown's Mock Draft? I'll be honest. <laughs> it might be more for Steve to get ready to come on with me than it is for me to go on with Steve. But go ahead, buddy. <laughs> well, uh, I, I don't know. I've never uh, uh, seen Jeff prep for having me on the air, but I know my wife takes three shots of uh, 151 every single morning just to look at me on the other side of the bed. Uh, but that's, that's a different <laughs> level of involvement uh, than we have going on here. Uh, I always have a good Steve. Steve, I do not want to cut you off, but we talked highly yesterday, folks. We talked about it on the show last night. And the Browns have claimed rookie pass rusher Curtis Weaver off waivers from the Miami Dolphin, sources uh-huh. have said. And I will tell you what that means, folks. That means pack your DJ gear up, Chad Thomas. 
it's over, baby. It is over. You've been passed by Porter Gustin, and Curtis Weaver is now part of the Cleveland Browns, and there's no reason to guess against Mr. Tom Pelissaro. Well, I had um, read, and you know, maybe you uh, have dug further into this, I had read that he is basically done for the year. Uh, they, they waived him with an injury designation. Um, so maybe they're, they're stashing him for next year. I don't, I don't know if I would jump to well, that. Here's the, well, here's yet, the thing. But, well, here, yeah. well, there's this weird rule. If your draft choices get hurt in camp and you know they're going on IR, they have to go subjugated through waivers. Right. And obviously the Browns are not going to do that with Grant Delpit. And, you know, we talked about this last night. There's the unwritten rules and, you know, you're, you know, in a pair, cause apparently Bill Belichick, of course, always wanted to threaten the unwritten rules did this a few years ago. Um, there was a player, Jake Ballard, that the Giants let go. So you would have to say, you know, the question was going to be, and obviously with Delpit, the Browns are now going to be at 79. You'll be at 80, but it's only 79 because you don't right. have Grant Delpit. The question now is, can they just put him immediately on IR, or are they going to roll out the rest of camp with only 78? Look, Curtis Weaver, he's an, he's odd from the body standpoint. Um and that's why I thought Miami would be a good fit. And then when I've talked with some folks from Miami and he's still weighing over 260, he figured, okay, at a little bit less than six foot three, can get around the edge. He's put together production. Maybe stand up is a good idea for him. Well, you figured he would have lost some of the weight. Um, and I did hear the term baby fat, you know, so we're still, you know, so it maybe shows that, you know, he was not as committed during the offseason as he, you know, needed to be. But Steve, for wherever, and if he ends up a practice squad guy, he ends up a guy that you're just going to put on IR till next year where you're going to move most likely on from Olivier Vernon. You're going to see what you have in Port Augustine. 34 sacks in three seasons of college is something you don't turn your eye on. Yeah, he was. I know that uh, you were uh, higher on him during the process than I was, but I didn't like dislike him. And you know, he was pretty consistently a top 100, top between 50 and 100 in every mock that ended up. Uh, but he ended up falling further than that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's like getting an extra draft pick, um, whether it be for this year or next year. And, you know, maybe, maybe like we said, they stash him on IR and give him a, a year of working out with an NFL system with coaches pushing him. So he loses that baby fat because yeah, the production metrics were inarguable. The guy was always around the ball and, and, and he put up numbers. Um, but, uh, I think, when you read between the lines, sort of the thing, the knocks against him during the press, during the draft process sort of came true, at least during his time in Miami. Um, but yeah, I, Hey, if you think you got something, even if it's not for this year, I mean, I love guys like that. It's one of the reasons I like Donovan Alumba and I'm thrilled to get him now in year three, because he was a guy coming out of FCF's Portland state. That was a ball of of athletic clay that you knew was going to take two or three years uh, just from a jump. Really hard to take your eyes off him. Really hard yeah. to take your eyes off him. Uh, it's tremendous. And it just needed technique work. Needed, it was a huge jump in competition level. All that stuff with these small school guys that always, that you know, I mean, that's nine times out of ten, that's the case. It's very rare for an FCS guy to jump in year one and just, you know, show no problems. And so I'm thrilled to have him back there this year. And maybe that's sort of a similar thing that they see with Weaver. Hey, you know, this guy – he knows what he's doing, but he's he needs to learn how to do it every day off the field. Um, and so that's what they think. And, you know, frankly, if it, if he flames out, th- they've lost nothing, really. So, uh, yeah, I love this move. It's fantastic. Um, it's, it's a proactive move. And, you know, and like we just talked about when we spoke with Jordan Elliott a little earlier, um, you're on the defensive line. 
with Miles Garrett. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> Hello, you're gonna be seeing a lot of one-on-ones. Your job so, is here. <laughs> there you go, Curtis Weaver. Get yourself in a little bit better shape. Get that toe healed up. Welcome to Berea, guys. Uh, Steve's working his ass off day in day out, putting out great content with the boys over at the OBR. And you guys always know what I say. We know who's working. The guys over the OBR day in day out, continuously putting out great content. Steve right now is taking you through a, a, you know historical aspect of the franchise. Um, and I'm learning a lot about the franchise, you know, through Steve. And as you guys know here, as we're actually, believe it or not, it's, I think we're coming up here on, I believe the four year anniversary of me hosting Lockdown Browns. So obviously learning a lot about, you know, the Browns history, you know, through Steve and what he's doing with the OER. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you're following at Browns Mock Draft. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, the show itself, again, Lockdown Browns, all lowercase. DMs are open. Um, feel free to you know flood with show ideas. Uh, we were able to take some offense here today, some defense, some listener questions. And then, hey, it's always nice to get a little breaking news. So we will you know conclude here. Um, we'll be back tomorrow in some capacity. Obviously, no practice tomorrow. Back to the field on Thursday. Um, what should turn out to be Friday's episode? I have a really, really one that I'm excited about. Certainly, you know me. I don't like to announce. God forbid something happens. But excited about that. So with that, this has been your daily delivery. Of all things, Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB.